Chicago Verse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black here for Dynasty Podcasts, recording again for I think our third week in a row from Cards Against Humanity. Huge shouts out to Cards Against Humanity and the Chicago Podcast Co-op for having us here tonight. Uh, Claire Friedman, of course doing amazing work, doing God's work, putting podcasters here in this space. Really literally, appreciative. Literally God's work. Yeah. Uh, shout out Prove Krivashe. Man, I'm not judging. My name is so difficult on paper. Um, Krivashe, it's a great last name, though. So we have Prove behind the boards here, running the live stream here for Dynasty Podcasts. Uh, my name is Haima Black. I host this podcast, and I'm here tonight with Rich Jones. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Wonderful. So you are, uh, something we've been doing this year, I kind of talked about a little bit off mic, something we've been doing this year is really focusing on bringing on guests who we have not spoken to before, who you know I've seen doing really cool creative work in the city, and you're definitely under that definition, man. You're somebody who I've been seeing doing really cool things with music around Chicago. So I'm really glad we got to have you up here tonight. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah. Um, We always start the interviews kind of getting some background, like talking about, you know, when did music start for you? How did this start for you? Kind of when did music enter your life? Give us some background on that. I was really fortunate. Both of my parents were creatives. My mom was in bands in the late 70s and 80s. And my dad, he worked at the Reader. So, you know, he had, you know, just by growing up in those offices, it was really cool to just be around a lot of interesting, creative people. Um, and it's, it's the sort of thing where, like, I'll be honest, I, I don't think I appreciated it as much when I was a kid, but I, I more so appreciate it now. It's like, oh, I had a lot of really cool situations to be in, and not, nothing like like really like, oh, I was with so-and-so famous person. It was just interesting, cool people. Um, so that was, that was pretty sweet. Um, and, you know, obviously both of them had, in my opinion anyway, really great taste in music and had a very eclectic taste in music. So, you know, growing up, I just had just really wonderful things to listen to and to be exposed to. And then, you know, at a very, very young age, you know, I was, you know, when I was like three or four years old, this is when hip hop's really, really taking off. And, you know, it, you know, you just, you heard it in the streets, you heard it out and about, and that's how I was first exposed. I remember like my parents even pointing out people rapping in front of me when I was like a really little tiny kid to like, look, they're rapping. And like, you know, to them, it's just this novelty. I'm sure, you know, at a certain point in life, they may have regretted, you know, pointing that out like, oh no, look what we did. But, um, but no, in, in all seriousness though, um, you know, I was able to just through the years, it's been nice to take, you know, the things that I came upon and discovered and combine it with what they gave me. Um, you know, so, and especially to appreciate what they gave me even more as I kind of continue on my musical journey, um, in terms of like actually recording and getting into it, I've been doing it for about 10 years now since I was about 17. Um, what's, what's even crazier too, is like the people I've worked with, you know, through some twist of fate, like they're still doing music and then a bunch of them are doing some really cool things. Like, uh, the very first person to record me is this guy, uh, Ben Cafresi who tours with Rob cause. Um, and then my other friend, Benny nice, uh, he runs one nineteen productions. They do the uh, union event series. And then he also did video work and, uh, you know, he also is his own solo artist. So, you know, it, it's interesting to see people that I started with still, you know, involved, like they have, you know, maybe they work gigs, but they also are, you know, very much, paying attention to their art um yeah and then um you know in in terms of actually like taking you know what i've worked on and actually making like total products you know that really kicked off 
kind of after I got out of school, I had the time and the inclination and the drive to really let, you know, give this a go in terms of like, let's put together like a compact project and, and start packaging this versus just Lucy's on MySpace or whatever. Man. So you just gave us so much, so much. That's awesome. Um, I have to like, before we move any further, I have to point out my favorite part of what you just said, which is that you're talking about being three years old, being exposed to hip hop in the streets, mm-hmm. which creates this visual of you in these streets three years old mm. just like hustling like <laughs> nah. handing out your cd nah you oh know yeah, baby me yeah like mm. you're in pilsen yeah no nah, <laughs> no nah, it was i forget where we were it was it was somewhere on the north side i think um i remember very clearly though my my best friend and i dancing the tootsie roll on michigan avenue as little kids we couldn't have been more than three years old and we were just <laughs> having so much fun it was just it felt so good so you have been in these streets since the very beginning man <laughs> um that's really cool about the reader thing too like what era was your dad working for the reader give us some background on that um he was there from the 70s up until 2005 and, wow uh, yeah so he was there he was uh he did some like some writing for them but mainly um he was on like the production end. like he was head of production in terms of, like the layout of the paper that must have been amazing. Um, so much to see during that time oh, from the back end, just like how the industry changed. So definitely very cool. I mean, you know, frankly, again, like just being around interesting people, like different walks of life in the creative community, just like great graphic designers, great writers, um, great minds, quite frankly. Like I know one of his old coworkers is now like writing history books. Like he wrote a book about uh, that involves like, I think like the Loyola basketball team or something like that. You know, even, even after they've gone, you know, stopped working there, they're still pursuing their passion, which is pretty sweet. So I got to imagine that all of that, like being around all that kind of creative energy, all of that, you know, passion um, for, you know, like, the kind of artistic pursuits that definitely it looks like had an imprint on you oh, right from the beginning. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, that said though, in, in terms of like finding, I, I think and, and when it comes to creating or even just getting into any, any sort of creative endeavor, um, you know, what's the access point? Like what, what was the point where you, you decide that this is something I'm actually going to try and you start to like at least attempt to feel comfortable. And I know for me, like, you know, it was like 12 years old. I remember trying, I was walking the dog and I was just trying to put words together and just, you know, pretty much freestyling, just trying, right. you know, I didn't know how to write. I don't know. I, mean, I remember the first raps I wrote in sixth grade because I was listening to the Blue Streak soundtrack and uh, had some, some great jams on that. Um, <laughs> Hot Boys, all that jazz. But um, Was that like one of the surfer movies? No, it's the one with Martin Lawrence where he's the diamond thief. Oh, and, okay. he, and he gets out of jail and then poses as a cop so he can get the diamond that right. he left in yeah. the building, which is now a police department in L.A. Yeah. Great flick. The bad guy from <laughs> The Mask is also in that movie. Luke Wilson is in that movie. The Golden Dave Age Chappelle, of Cinema. Also in that movie. Yeah. Chappelle used to be in a bunch of movies. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Low-key cameo professional. So, okay. Awesome. So, lots and lots going on, man. Um, So... You've got this great background with music. You've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I think the thing that people are really seeing with you right now, of course, is this record, Pink Slips. It came out February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has the response been on your end? Like, how have you seen people react to it? Honestly, it's been really good. I think, you know, with this project, more than anything else I've worked on, um, it's not so much about the instant response that I'm so worried about. I really want to see how I feel about this in a year because, you know, it's not like we have a crazy budget to like, you know, blow this out to the masses or whatever through PR. We really have to do this grassroots. And part of that's, you know, just very organically, like giving this to people, showing this to people. I think, um, 
you know, it's unfortunate, I think, in some respects, the way that people just churn out material. And I think some people, if they have the fan base and they have the the energy to do it, you can just throw stuff out there and people are going to love it. And, you know, much respect to the people that can do that. I know for me, you know, just the fact that I can now find myself at a point where I'm consistently putting out something I think is a really wonderful place to be for a long time. Like leading up to even last year, I didn't put out anything. It was just me doing shows and just kind of trying to build my confidence up to do it. Cause I, I, back in 2013, I put out a project that I was really proud of and I thought, man, you know, I just like blitzkrieged this, like, this is about to like, you know, do what it does. Like people are going to go crazy. And then it was crickets. And you know, I, and quite frankly, like I, you know, I, I said this, you know, to other people in other interviews too, like I didn't do anything to warrant it getting the response that I wanted. So, you know, the, the two years off was kind of to figure out like, what do I have to do to make this work? And so with last year, um, you know, putting out, um, I put out an EP called Love Jones. I put out a project called Pigeons and Waffles. And like, that was kind of me reintroducing myself in terms of content and all that. And then this year now it's like, okay, now that people are kind of starting to see that not only is it shows, but I can actually take something home with me or listen to something, you know, anywhere. I think having that sort of accessibility has been really helpful. Um, you know, and then again, you know, with the live show component though, making sure that the, the live show and, you know, when I do have it in Chicago is, is good. I know the, the show we had at Shuba's last month, it was just a really special night, like 100%. I'm, I'm not joking. My whole life was in that room from people that knew me, like from the womb to like last week. And that to me was just, you know, it was, it was cool to see that sort of like full circle sort of thing happen, especially considering that the project took over three years to complete, you know, so it was like a lot of a very, you know, very nice way to kind of sum up all that work because, you know, um, the, the whole, the whole concept of the project pink slips, you know, when you get fired, you get pink slipped. It, yeah. it came out of me getting fired from my job <clears throat> and my boss saying to me, um, knowing you as a person, you should do anything but work a job if you can help it and just do music. And, you know, at the time at like 23, 24 years old, I'm just like, you know, why not? And, uh, the, the great side effect of that, though, there were some real low points. You know, I, I did have to work some side gigs here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, I really did learn, most importantly, the value of a day, the, you know, the real value of time. I think it's, it's something that you don't necessarily get when you're working for somebody else because, you know, you're not doing what you want to do. And I'm not saying, like, people should just loaf, you know, loaf and, and, you know, just, you know, completely blow their time you know I certainly had plenty of those days too but you know sometimes you need some of that period to also understand wait a second like I need to get going this needs to be filled with things that are actually going to enhance and like push things forward too there's <laughs> so much I want to break apart in there so I'm going to kind of like <laughs> just yeah so let's kind of move through this um one of the things that really stood out to me is that you were talking about for a while the music was not getting the response you wanted and something I've noticed with pink slips is it seems to me you know, as, I mean, I don't know you uh, this is the first night we've met, but like I have seen Pink Slips getting recognition. You had the show at Shuba's last month. You had, um, you know, a shout out in the reader, you know, that, that was, was uh, that was really special. Any any time that like obviously with the family connection and then no, sure. nothing I've gotten from that is like from I haven't right. back channeled anything. It's been by my own merits. Like and so, so like they put yeah. you on like the front cover or something like. Yeah, yeah. because. Right. Um, so I guess the question is like. What do you think the difference was with this project versus the earlier work where this is getting in front of people, it is getting recognition, it's getting on the blogs, it's getting you a show at Shuba's. Why do you think that this had that response, whereas the other material didn't? Um, 
I think part of it is in a, in the best way of putting it. You know, I, it was funny. Like um, I think last week or the week before was the five year anniversary of my first project, Sweater Weather. And I saw I, that. That was what I was going to ask you about. And I I listened to it, and you know, it's funny. I I didn't hate it. You know, I definitely like. There's parts where I'm just like, oh man, face palm, but. You know, in the same breath, it's like, man, you know, not bad for 22, 23. And, you know, I'm just figuring this out. And in a lot of ways, it was a real growth process for me. Like um, the engineer for that, Kyle Resto, he's actually, again, like people I've worked with going and doing great things. He's out at Jungle City. Um, He got a credit on the life of Pablo. Like he's doing his thing. He produced uh, Magic Man with Taylor Bennett. You know, he's, you know, he's doing his thing. He's hustling. Uh, Montana Max, that's my big brother. Um, You know, to be able to like have him, you know, be a part of that process. You know, him and I, him and I grew a lot, you know, that wasn't all peaceful. You know, him and I definitely had to like figure out how best to, to coexist and, you know, we're, we're better off and better friends and better brothers for it. Um, and that's a great Tiny Toons reference, by the way, <laughs> Montana Max. I love that. Oh no, he's uh, I, man, you want to bring someone on the show, bring him on. He, sure. he could talk your ear off. He's the best. Yeah, um, no, absolutely, man. And if you're going to go with the Tiny Toons reference, Montana Max is the way to go. Oh, most definitely. No, he owned we, it. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think, you know, so so taking from that and from that experience, because that was, you know, being the first project, being being the first of anything, that's when you're really catching people's attention. And, you know, one thing I've also had to just recognize and just have it be what it is, is, you know, I'm getting older. And it, it doesn't mean that, you know, that I have to stop at all. It, it just means to recognize that, like, in terms of, like, my friends that I grew up with, you know, they're having families, you know, they're having jobs, they're moving, they fo- they have other focuses. So it's like, you know, I can't, I can't be getting frustrated. Like, where are they on a Wednesday at 9 p.m.? They're asleep or they're taking care they're of their kids. They're watching Grey's Anatomy exactly. in oh, Naperville. Oh, no, I cut those people off way long ago. <laughs> no Grey's Anatomy. Um, but, um, but no, seriously, like, uh, you know, and, and just be pretty much just being appreciative of, of any attention because, you know what? There could be it could be five plays on SoundCloud. It could it could be zero. You right. know the fact that there's any recognition at all. Like really, you take it for what it is and just use that as something to build upon for the future. So, I'd say kind of that sort of mindset I think is also why there's been a better recognition. There's not really any unneeded anxiety attached to the process anymore. I think at this point it's just more so trust in the process and executing. Um, and then, you know, obviously with something, with the amount of time that went into making this, it, it just was apparent that we'd also really, if we had to make a phone call or, you know, reach out to certain people and be like, hey, we really want you here. Like, this is very special. You know, it's that moment to do it. Right. It's, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, are you going to, are you going to cry wolf every single show? No, but this is the one where you're definitely going to get the word out and make sure everyone's there. I mean, in my, in my spare time, I also, you know, I, I do, I've done street teaming work. So I was also able to take that and really, you know, get the posters out there and spread that as well, which is something I haven't really done for any of my events. And, you know, to have people tagging me and be like, oh my God, I saw you out here. Like, this is amazing. Like, you know, that's a, that's a really good sign too leading into it. And to kind of see that anticipation, that buildup. I mean, as I said, like, I know before the first act even went on, you know, I, I felt bad, you know, putting putting my friend Def C on first, but I knew he was a great person to kick off. But before he even goes on, you know, there's over 100 people already there. So it wasn't like he had, like, no audience. Right. And by the time his set was done, there's like 150 plus. And then when I go on, there's like 200 plus. So, you know, it was just beautiful. <laughs> and you know what, man? The street teaming experience is really important. Um, a lifetime ago, early 2000s, um, even like maybe the tail end of the 90s, I was street teaming for Metro. Um, Like 2000, 2001, maybe 2002. Um, And I saw a lot of people who are now 
you know, who are out there in their music career who also pass through those doors. And I think that having that kind of experience uh, behind you where it, it's pretty humbling, you know, you're out there like after a show, maybe, like I remember these nights where it's like 3 a.m., it's February, it's cold, nobody wants to take a flyer. And it teaches you a lot about promotion, connecting with people, all these things. So I think that kind of stuff is really valuable to have that experience as an artist and then be able to like transfer that over to actually creating awareness of your own work. It's yeah. it's sweat equity to it the is, core. Yeah. It's and I think it's the you know, it, it makes you respect the process more. But I think also, you know, it's it's something that I don't think um it's something that I think I think people need to be more cognizant of is having something tangible to put in front of somebody because I think at this point I, I think there's a very interesting inclination I'm seeing and I don't know if it's purely niche or if it's something that could be more widespread you know we'll see what happens but I think having people that are more willing to have you know real experience have a more experiential type events and then also have like tangible things go hand in hand with that I'm like you know through zines or through anything else I think that sort of thing I'm seeing a, a bigger prominence with that especially like when you look at how groups are having to change I, in my opinion at least with the ones that I see killing it they've had to change what their definition even of what merchandise is like you know I, I know for me you know we decided we'd make prints and then just have like the link to the project on the back you know, that way you have something you can take home. It's something that like is part, definitely part of the project. It stands on its own as a piece of art. Plus you have access to the music through there. It's a different access point. No, man, absolutely. And I think the merch is such an important component. Absolutely. Uh, something else that stands out to me, and I don't want to dwell too long on this because I feel like this is the thing that everybody asks you about, but you know, the title pink slips, it's clear from listening to it and it's clear from reading interviews with you and even talking to you now, this comes from a prior boss telling you like, do anything but work. How does that hit you? Is it like, do you feel insulted when someone says that? Or do you think, wow, cool, this person's looking out for me and the path that I should be on? You know, given the situation, I I think it was meant to be a kind thing to say. Okay. And I don't think it was meant to be disrespectful. And I I don't and I don't take I didn't take it disrespectfully, honestly. I was more so just mad I got fired. Cause I didn't at the time I just didn't feel like that was legitimate. Looking back, it probably was. And sort of. But I mean, just like the way it was handled was very messy. And there's a lot of just things that just don't need to be brought up. But the the point is, again, like that doesn't happen. Who knows what's going on? Like who knows where I'd be right now? It was it's definitely one of those uh, one of those flashpoint moments where all of a sudden you're just on a different path. And luckily, I don't know what it is. I just have been really good about taking whatever situation I'm in and making it okay. And part of that especially is is just having a great group of people around me or having great groups of people around me, especially like, you know, I, I don't like to have, you know, the energies around me be static or stagnant. I think a lot of it is, is it's nice to just kind of spread yourself out and see like, you know, especially like what's been really helpful the last year and a half um, has been really getting involved in other creative communities outside of the hip hop community. Mm -hmm. um, especially like in the comedy scene um, through groups like Which Chicago has a huge comedy scene. Oh, amazing. And it's amazing. really, really talented. Like, I mean, obviously, okay. Like, Hannibal like everybody mm -hmm. knows Hannibal that's like the obvious answer that's like saying chance now if somebody's like who's blowing up in Chicago you're like chance like okay I get it but like you see this scene that's creating people like Hannibal that's putting them out there and there's so many people that aren't at that Hannibal level yet that are on their way and I see the hip-hop or and I see I mean I kind of see them crossing over but I see the comedy scene so much like I see people I know in my Facebook feed like promoting these events non-stop putting new people on like you know 
you see these people getting up to specials and getting on to like Comedy Central. So the Chicago comedy scene is really, really like, I feel like doing some really special things right now. Well, it's also, don't forget improv or sketch too. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. was part of an awesome show um, at the Public House Theater with uh, this guy, Tim Barron, and this girl, Heidi Cheek. It's the, the Timmy Heidi picture show. And yeah. that was honestly like, you know, again, like it's not what I'd call a traditional lane necessarily, but. It was a very great show for me to do, especially because they're hilarious. It was really cool to like kind of watch how they work and watch their creative process. But more importantly, it gets me out in front of people that might not have known about me otherwise. Like I think, you know, allow it, it's like with websites almost like you look for unique visitors or whatever. For me, it's about finding unique audiences. And the way I look at it is if I'm doing my job, which is just kill it, then they'll, they you know, hopefully at least somebody will like it. And luckily, you know, I, uh, I've had a really good good success rate just in terms of getting people to kind of tune in and stay tuned in. Um, yeah, you know, and talking about the the network you are connecting with on this project and on you know even your new song Gold, you've got a lot of collaborators, a lot of really talented people that you're working with uh, that are appearing on the projects. You know, Taylor Bennett, uh, the Omis, like a lot of Chicago people. Uh, talk about kind of like who you collaborate with in the Chicago music scene, like why you work with these people, what your relationship is, all that? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, Montana Max, that's, yeah. that's the first, we, I've known him since I was 14, um, you know, and then we reconnected serendipitously like four years later and we've pretty much been, you know, best friends since. Um, and, you know, so he's, he's been a really wonderful person to kind of, you know, teach me just about different forms of songwriting and also, you know, more importantly, especially when I was more focused on the hip hop genre, um, you know, just really learning the history of it. You know, it's, it's really important to have those people in your life to kind of show you what was before you. Um, cause we're all, as I, I know the, the big quote for geology is, uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. And that's right. very true, regardless of what the field is, we're all standing on someone else's work. So, you know, to be able to have someone be like, you, I remember that summer I was 18 and I had knee surgery and I couldn't go anywhere. And I had my graduation money and he said, I'm going to give you a list of albums to go buy with your graduation money. And I just sat and I ripped it all on my new, uh, MacBook I was about to bring to college. And that was my summer was just on the phone with him talking hip hop and then listening to music and then talking hip hop. Just getting that education. um, What were some of those records? Um, we had Mob Deep, The Infamous, uh, Common Like Water for Chocolate. Yeah, it's classic. Um, Master Ace, Disposable Arts. Um, and then later in the year, the, the record that I can safely say absolutely changed my life. You can listen to it front to back. Um, Moment of Truth, Gangstar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he really stressed to me as, as, a, as an MC to study guru, you know, his flow may not be the most interesting to some listeners, but at the end of the day, he's a fantastic writer because... He's very on point. He's very on topic with what he's saying, but it's interesting. And, you know, after a while, once you've conditioned your ears to understand and get kind of used to the monotone, you know, paired with Premier's production, it's just like, there's, you know, there's really not a better sweet spot. I know my friends and I used to argue in college, like, what, you know, if someone didn't know what hip hop was, what's the project you'd give them? And I think, like, the tie was between, like, 36 chambers or that sure um but um but yes and then obviously like aside i mean in in terms of in terms of like some of the history stuff too it was really important for me to have that because prior to that my 
my listening had been mostly local. It was like a lot of like the Rogers Park, Evanston label stuff, like EV Records, Gravel Records, um, like the guys. You know, I mean, if you were working at Metro, then you know Chicago Rocks when mm-hmm. Mole Men used to do their big jams. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, that was yeah. like Christmas for me as a kid. I remember the that first was a show. Ago. The first show I went to, I was 15, and um, Psalm 1 was on the bill. And she, I saw her perform, Verbal Kent performed, uh, Long Shot, Lord 360. It was like, you know, people that, it was like meeting my idols, because I, you know, you know, I could actually meet them, I could talk to them, I could support them. It just made sense to me. Um, so you've always been tapped into the Chicago culture, you know, like whether it's through your family, whether it's through attending these shows at the Metro, you know, like where you're really like engaging with like hometown artists like it seems like that's a really key component of your work again it's it's i think what's accessible um yeah. and you know luckily i've had people that have been willing to kind of take me along and, and show me what's what um in terms of like more recent collaborations like as you say like the taylor bennett's the the oh my's and all that a lot of that again has just been serendipitous the oh my's i ran into uh maceo when I was working at Park West, um, he was he was going to see a friend that was like across from where I worked, and we exchanged numbers. And then pretty much from then, you know, I I just got acquainted with them, and we've we've been fast friends ever since. So you know, to get them to you know either get vocals or keys or whatever, you know, it's it's been cool to work with them and honestly learn from them because you know prior to to being around them, I hadn't really been around a lot of actual musician musicians. Um, you know, so to be able to sit in on their sessions and just see how, you know, they conducted their sessions and, you know, like, oh, we need this. So we're going to call so-and-so, you know, and in a lot of ways, it kind of gave me confidence to do similar things. Um, like for the gold record, you know, Nick called me just to see what I was up to. And I said, well, I'm actually at Soundscape. If you want to come lay some keys down, I'll buy you lunch. And he's like, okay, cool. So there you have it. Um, you know, that, you know, shout out Soundscape, man. Yo, well, it's, it all comes back to Soundscape Studios. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then, um, you know, with Taylor Bennett, that was when, you know, my, my main home base um, for recording, you know, at least for this project was at Classic Studios, um, working with Elton Chung. Um, and, you know, that was something where, you know, Taylor was there and it just happened to be, he said, Hey, we should, we should do something. And I said, well, funny enough, I've got this right here so you can hop on. And then, you know, it just, it worked out. Um, and then he's a good dude, man. He's a friend of the podcast and I really like Taylor and he's doing like such great work right now. That latest record is so good. He's working real hard. Yeah. It's good to see him doing his thing. So what's on deck for you going forward now that Pink Slips is out, now that you've kind of finished this, you know, kind of two years where you were putting things together and restructuring, now that you're back, you're here, you've got this project that's out in the world, what does it open up for you to do going forward this year? I think aside from specific music endeavors attached to me, um, I know in the immediate um, I've been throwing shows now going on four years this April um, at Tonic Room. Um, it's been rebranded a few things. It also it started with my group, SEC, because um, we got tired of bugging people for shows. So we're just like, we're just going to throw our own and then book our friends. And then, you know, it's been really it's been really nice to, you know, be able to provide that and put some money in my friends' pockets, maybe put a little bit of mine if I'm lucky um, on a given night. Um, so, you know, coming this April... 429 um you know yeah. it's gonna be a nice you know a nice kind of capper for four years of, of just more and more shows you know it's called all smiles now because frankly you know it's generally a pretty happy vibe um so you know focusing on and just keeping that going and just and finding new talent for that i know we were speaking earlier just about you know ma- making a point to kind of sojourn into different areas to find uh you know people to work with and you know 
luckily Chicago, there's a lot of undiscovered talent and there's a lot of, of people that are just waiting to get the call. There's so, no shortage. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think a, a big thing, honestly, I'm going to focus on, and you know, it, it's something that like, um, I, I frankly, you know, it's something I'd say I'm embarrassed, but I'm not cause I'm, I'm going to do something about it. I'm really trying to make a focus on like working with female artists. I really want that to be a thing. Cause I know like there was the whole, um, Rhyme Sayers saw him one blow up and you know sure. I'm not, I'm not going to take sides or nothing but it does highlight the fact that like there wasn't really any women on that lineup and whether that's good or bad you know I think that maybe should have been different so you know especially you know given that you know as I said I ain't going to pick sides it's something that I can directly control so I'm going to do something about it. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm giving the same way that someone's just waiting for the call. You know, maybe I can do the same thing for female artists. You know, Dude, there's, and, and there's so much great female talent in Chicago. I mean, uh, we had Holly Schaffner on this podcast a few weeks back. We've had uh, Fee Lion on a few weeks back. She's really good. She's so good. Um, we have Sylvie Grace, who's a cellist. She's going to really, talk to her. I, I have her on some stuff coming yeah, up. Yeah, we're going to have her on at South <laughs> by, um, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's so much great talent in general, and a, a huge amount of that is women in Chicago. Yeah, no, I I think you know making sure that they get their just due and kind of get a chance to grow as artists is, is mad important. Um, and then yeah, aside from that, man. Um, I've also got um, I've got a project that I started last year in Las Vegas with my friend Ryan Lofty. He actually we're going to be doing um, a set at a, the the Oyve Showcase at South by Southwest. Yeah, um, I'm really pumped for that actually because we you know we we started this project kind of on a on a whim. I, I flew out there um, two days after the Super Bowl last year and the re- only reason I, I i say it like that is because that's when we first really got snow last winter and i got out pretty much two <laughs> days in out in the desert wearing shorts yeah. the happiest guy in the world um and we you know i pretty much went out there i said hey like you know because he he mainly you know at the time he was working on a lot of like tropical house records um we actually had a record come out last year called universe and me that did you know i think pretty well considering you know i I'd, I'd never had a a, a song hit 100k like we got like between spotify and and soundcloud like 150k which is is crazy to me that's Um, insane that's a huge number yeah yeah. um so you know to me that's that's a good sign we should probably keep working but um but even prior to that you know we just sat down it's somebody i met in chicago um really again serendipitously i walked into a club i introduced myself because he was friends of a friend and then we just stayed in touch and you know he had he pretty much like hey man let's like come out to vegas we'll work on some records and see where it goes and so out of this you know kind of you know just random decision to to escape the winter and and see where what happens um you know it turned into you know i think two more sessions last year maybe possibly another one soon just to kind of wrap some other things up but now we've got you know a whole batch of records to choose from that is decidedly not hip-hop it's is definitely you know pop soul you know it's it's another realm it's nice right on man so much going on and i have to give a shout out man you did an event um but a month, month and a half ago, with my younger brother, Tomas Medici at oh, Bucket Feet. Good stuff. So that's like, I wanted to make it to that event and I wasn't able to. But it's so funny. Like my brother was already telling me, like you know, and I was aware of you, but he was like, we got Rich Jones at this event. His music's really great. He's really cool. So it was really cool that you were able to put that together with yeah. my younger brother. Well, that was that was really cool because um, my friend Vaporize from mm-hmm. the Push Beats Collective, he. He reached out to me and said, "Hey, we've got this sweet charity event um, right, that you yeah. should, you know. I mean, you know, it's it's something that I think you want to be involved in." 
Um, you know, and I showed up and it was a really great time. It was great meeting the people that, that run the, uh, run the foundation. Um, it was, you know, nice to meet people in the room. It was just an interesting group of people to perform for. Um, yeah, I had a really good time that night. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, the project is called Pink Slips. Where can people find that? I know it's on SoundCloud. Is it on Spotify? Is it on? We're keeping it solo platform for the moment. Okay. SoundCloud.com slash Rich Jones Music, or you can Google Rich Jones Music. In the off chance that you find the English trance producer, that's not me. Right on. Um, Rich Jones, thanks so much, man, for coming up. The record is called Pink Slips. Go find it now. I'll see you at South by Southwest, man. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really Thank appreciate you. it. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descent.